You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Brandon Blewett. And I'm Dee Kager. This is the WFHB Local News for Monday, October 16th, 2023. Later in the program, WFHB News spoke with protesters against the proposal of the Bicentennial Gateway Tower in Miller's Showers Park last Tuesday. More in today's report. We need folks to be engaged in the process. Working the polling site is a great way to do that. It's a very meaningful way to participate. It feels good to facilitate people being able to vote. That's local election volunteer Stacy Williams putting a call out for poll workers for the upcoming city election. Find out how you can be a part of Democracy in Action later on in the show on a new episode of Activate. But first, your daily headlines. The Bloomington Board of Public Works met for its regular meeting on October 10th. The meeting was irregular in that, for the third meeting in a row, members of the public came to speak in opposition to the Gateway Project. Once again, the board discussed the lane and sidewalk closure request from Reed & Sons for the Bloomington Gateway Project at Miller Shower Park. The proposed timeline for construction was from October 16, 2023 to January 12, 2024. Joining the board, Mayor John Hamilton appointed a former city employee, Jane Coopersmith, to fill the vacancy left by Jennifer Lloyd when she stepped down in August. Director of Public Works, Adam Wasson, introduced the request. So this is an item that has come before the board for the last several meetings. This is a request from Reed and Sons to use the public right of way for facilitating public improvements and other improvements within, or other projects within uh, the Miller Showers Park area. Um, the first permit consists of the work that will be completed by Reed and Sons, which involves several of the public improvements to the right of way. That include new ADA ramps, a new median in between College Avenue and Walnut Street, with improved improved turning radius, new sidewalks, new lighting features to improve visibility, new vegetation, including native native trees and other improvements. And then the second um, uh, permit consists of the installation of the gateway piece uh, that will be done by that would be done by Bomar. Um, so for the first permit is a road closure on North North Old State Road 37 between North College Avenue and North Walnut Street for approximately 40 days. Uh, some lane closures along North College Avenue uh, for intermi- intermittent durations during the installation of the site infrastructure, uh, sidewalk closures that connect to the median, um, uh, lane closures that will allow for the milling and repaving, um, and then as well as that permit for uh, BOMAR for a lane closure along um, in between College and Walnut Street uh, on or around December 13th. Uh, the, additionally, this does include the improvement we've spoken about before with the uh, new portion of sidewalk on the west side of College Avenue, uh, south of Old State Road 37 there, uh, affectionately known as the Steak and Shake sidewalk that we've spoken about. Um, and so this is to facilitate the installation of a gateway piece um, uh, that has been um, <clears throat> contracted through uh, the Parks Department and approved by the Board of Parks Commissioners uh, for the installation of the gateway piece at Miller Showers Park. Um, The board is being asked to approve the use of right-of-way for this, and uh, we do request your approval. During public comment on the lane and sidewalk request, 
Bloomington resident and former president of the Board of Public Works, Charlotte Zitlow, said that the Gateway Project's art installation came as a surprise to her and shared that she thinks its design is an affront to the artist community in Bloomington. Comes as a great surprise to many of us and, 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 some, and, and an affront, I must say, personally. I realize that there are different kinds of sensibilities to artistic things, but one of the things that Bloomington has, has um, treasured itself for or and wants to be known for is being a city of arts and arts and 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 good you know the arts. Let's say say that I don't recall, and nobody seems to know. Certainly, the people around here who are artists were not aware if there was any call for for uh, projects to be built with the millions of dollars that have been spent on this project. The, the project, the, the thing, the, what, the, the tower or whatever we're calling it, the, was constructed, designed, and built in Indianapolis, giving no business to, to our art, artists here or artistic community here. And there was little awareness of it. And personally, I find it just plain ugly and affrontive, but I'm not the only one. And I think the unfortunate thing is that this seems late in the game, and I realize that the money that you're talking about here is for site preparation and getting the thing ready to go up so that we will be there. So, and, and, and I just think I understood that this includes the closure of, the, of old 37, that would be the Cascades site, so this, uh, now we understand why Cascades should be closed to force the, the traffic up straight into Miller Showers Park and see this monstrosity. And that's unfortunate. So I, I'm here to oppose the construction and going forward with this. We have, a li we are, we have limestone here, which is, which is, a, is the a, a, which is a value that nobody else has in, in the world. Uh, really good limestone for sculptures. And we have two sculptures now at the northern end of the Shower, Miller Showers Park that could, that, that will be diminished. I don't know what they're going to be, what, how they're going to be handled. Several other members of the public made comments about the Gateway Project as well. Board President Kayla Cox-Deckard noted that the Board of Public Works is in charge of voting on the right-of-way permitting for sidewalk and lane closure and pointed the public to the Board of Parks Commissioner to address the majority of the issues brought up during the public comment. Uh, the Board of Public Works is here to consider the use of the right-of-way uh, related to excavation activities, um, sidewalk reconstruction activities, uh, and uh, a right-of-way permit um, for the uh, short-term use of a lane uh, to install this item. So uh, that is what is before the Board of Public Works. The Board of Parks Commissioners uh, is the um, board that presides over the contracts for these items. Um, they uh, reviewed uh, the both contracts, uh, contracts for um, the fabrication uh, and design, um, contracts for, I guess, three contracts all in all, uh, contract for consultation, contract for 
uh, fabrication and then uh, contract for the excavation um, and paving activities uh, that were going to accompany this installation. And so uh, they were the body that considered um, all of those items. Uh, so I just wanted to offer that context um, because the board's questions and the board's comments might be related to that context, um, not related necessarily to the other items uh, affiliated with this project. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that if there's anyone who um, hasn't heard us clarify that in the past. Cox Deckard explained that the coordination between this project and the corridor study has not been sufficient, which has been her main concern with the Gateway Project from the beginning. Now, we are still very early in that corridor process. Um, we have uh, spent a, almost a year um, with Tool uh, Consulting and also uh, have a resident committee that is dedicated to reviewing that corridor. Um, and all of that work is happening in conjunction between planning and transportation uh, with engineering support and also with Board of Public Works um, support and Board of Public Works signatory on that agreement. Uh, there has been some effort uh, to do some level of coordination, um, but the coordination has not uh, fully taken place between the residential committee um, and the uh, review of this particular project in part because the timing is a little bit off um, for those two things to happen. So the residential committee is still reviewing um, the corridor and making some suggestions about the corridor. So uh, what we have right now is a situation where, um, you know, timing has been a challenge. Uh, and some of these um, these issues have been at the core of the concerns that I have had, um, especially as it relates to uh, the residential input and feedback related to the corridor study in direct connection with the item that is within our purview, which is the request for right-of-way use uh, and reconstruction um, of the right-of-way in that area. Uh, so I just wanted to offer that clarification. I think these questions have bubbled up over the course of the last couple weeks, um, but it has been important to me to just be able to offer um, that context as to where um, my line of thought has been in considering this item. Board member Elizabeth Karen motioned to approve the lane and sidewalk closure request. The motion did not receive a second and failed for the second week in a row. The next Board of Public Works meeting will be held on October 24th. Protesters against the construction of the Bicentennial Gateway Tower in Miller Showers Park demonstrated last Tuesday afternoon at City Hall just before the Department of Public Works meeting. The meeting had right-of-way approvals on the agenda that would determine whether the installation of the monolith sign could proceed. The group displayed signs reading, Monumental Failure and Hire Local Artists. Others expressed concern about light pollution and impacts on wildlife. One protester, Rob Dibvig, expressed disapproval of the Gateway Project. He said he wishes the project was more local. Well, it seems typical of the Hamilton administration to hire outside consultants to tell them what to do when they already know. Or we could be asking people locally who, you know, they'd be happy to work for the same amount, but they'd probably work for a lot less or, or even give their opinions for free. Um, and yet, this is hardly the first time that the Hamilton administration has spent Bloomington's money on people who don't live here to design and build things that we're going to be stuck with. He said he had concerns that there wasn't enough public input for the monolith, nor does he think the design is relevant to the local community. By the time most of us heard about this, it was presented as a done deal. And um, the Parks Department says, well, it's our project. 
and so we get to decide what to do and what they decided was to hire someone who made a design that you know you could debate its merits but i think most people who've been asked including i've heard the arts commission uh, don't think it's a very good design or relevant to our town and it's really frustrating that this money has been dedicated without much of a public input process but you know that just seems to be typical of this town another protester bob fayette said he doesn't particularly like the design and worries about lights that could impact migrating songbirds. Uh, well, I think calling it art is a stretch. The thing is absolutely ugly and gaudy. Uh, and I think that uh, it's going to waste a lot of energy running the thing. And then the, the, I've recently learned about an issue with uh, migrating songbirds uh, the, that the uh, lights could cause. Um, I'm concerned about that. I, I see no good in this at all. I think it's a vanity project for the mayor uh, and a big, big waste of money. Fayette believes that the money spent on the structure could be better spent elsewhere. That's a big waste of money that could be going to something better. David Ebbinghouse and other demonstrators said he's been following the development of the project at the Board of Public Works. He agreed with other protesters that he didn't think enough public input was gathered. Well, I've attended the last two meetings in this meeting, and in the first meeting they uh, tabled the motion, and in the second meeting it failed for lack of a second, and tonight it just failed for lack of a second. So apparently our fail-safe last bastion of sanity about this project is working. The Board of Public Works is failing to take any action. So... Um, I'm not unhappy. Uh, we need the time. We need to have a more pu a public dialogue and discussion in Bloomington about you know what we want to do here. And there are some legal problems because uh, contracts have been signed and fabrication is in prog progress. So the city administration does not want to abandon those plans. They've already spent their money, but they made a mistake in um, putting out their press release when it was already a done deal. And myself and many other people felt like, what? We're to, you know, we were blindsided by this. And I'm an artist, so my concerns are aesthetic. Um, I just written an article about Jean Paul Dario, who was a, who who made the sculpture that's there in Miller Showers Park, and it was in the last two issues of the writer. So I was keenly focused on these sculptures and what's going to happen to them when I read in the paper that they're going to put up this four-story tower, you know, just a few hundred feet from this. So, you know, all my aesthetic bells rang and went, hey, wait a minute, this is not a good idea. And of course, um, I don't have any credentials or any validation to make my opinion more weighted than someone else's. So, you know, I just, I'm just another citizen with an opinion. But since I'm an artist, I have a lot of experience with these issues. So I, I just felt like I... I was compelled to say something, you know, I, right away I could see, oh, this doesn't fit, it's the wrong design, it's way too much money. If you're going to spend that kind of money on art, which this isn't, it's an architectural element, but it's not art. So if you're going to spend money on art, $400,000, you know, that's robbing it from the arts community. About 15 of the protesters then attended the public works meeting, many voicing their concerns, questions, and disdain for the half-million-dollar tower portion of the improvements to be made on Bloomington's north side. The gateway sign is being paid for with part of $10 million in bonds approved by the city council in 2018 to mark the 200th anniversary of the establishment of Bloomington. 
the public art projects were put on hold during the height of the COVID pandemic. No local artists were involved in the design, and the Arts Commission weighed in against the proposal, but their assessments were disregarded by the mayor's office, and the monolith tower was approved by parks commissioners. In today's feature report, Dave Askins from the B-Square Bulletin reports on the Monroe County Community School Corporation referendum, which will be on the ballot during the upcoming election. We turn to Askins for more. The B-Square Bulletin sends out an emailed morning bulletin every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can sign up for the morning bulletin by visiting bsquarebulletin.com and clicking on the tab labeled subscribe. Here's an entry from a recent edition. The headline to this item is MCCSC Referendum. Can you vote in this year's November 7th municipal election even if you don't live in the city of Bloomington? Maybe. If you live inside the Monroe County Community School Corporation District, then even if you live outside the city limits, you absolutely have a right to vote on the school district's referendum, and you should exercise that right. If you live inside the school district but outside the city of Bloomington, your ballot will show a single item, the MCCSC referendum question. The referendum is about whether to increase property taxes by 8.5 cents to fund early childhood education programs. In-person early voting is already underway at the Election Operations Building at 3rd and Walnut Streets in downtown Bloomington. Until next week, this has been Dave Askins with the B-Square Bulletin for WFHB. Volunteer poll workers are needed to make sure the upcoming municipal election runs smoothly. Poll workers do get paid, but for volunteer Stacy Williams, it's more about a sense of civic duty. Williams talks about democracy in action as our guest this week on a new episode of Activate coming your way right now on the WFHB Local News. Welcome to Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community, encouraging you to get involved, live your passion, and make a difference. Hi, I'm Stacy Williams from the Local Voter Registration Board. In each county in Indiana, uh, voter registration boards work to put together polling site teams to make sure that when people vote on election day, both primary and general elections, that there's a team of people at the polling site to help people vote. When I have worked the polling site, and I've done it in Monroe County, I have primarily worked as the inspector at the polling site. Um, that happens to be the position that uh, kind of organizes the site, makes sure that all of the other positions are filled, and um, make sure that the paperwork and um, questions during the day are answered. So it's just kind of like the polling site manager, but there are other positions 
the other team members at a polling site are the clerks who, um, when you arrive at the polling site and you have to give your identification uh, and check in, basically those are the clerks. One of the other positions are the people who kind of show you to where you actually do the voting, where you submit your ballot and where you fill it out. And so they're kind of like the concierge at the polling site and they're actually called judges for some reason. And there is also a position interestingly, that is called the sheriff of the polling site. Then the sheriff makes sure that like the 50 foot distance is um, observed for people out there campaigning and such. Like you can't stand right outside the door of a polling site and talk to voters. You have to be at least 50 feet away. So they make sure that that is observed. Uh, we do have an election coming up in November uh, here in Bloomington. It's kind of a big deal. We need folks to be engaged in the process. Um, working the polling site is a great way to do that. It's a tangible and um, very meaningful way to participate. I've always been interested in government and the government process. I've always been a voter. I started voting as soon as I was 18. And I just always have thought it was such an important thing to be engaged civically. That's just kind of who I am. And I had a friend who had worked the polls for several years and he had really nice things to say about it. Um, one of the good things about it is you can do all kinds of engagement and volunteering and do this once, maybe twice a year. Um, and it takes um, some time to do the training and then you show up the night before and then you work the day of the election. But that's it, it's not a, it's not a year long commitment but it is something that when you do it, there's some joy that we find, that I find, in watching people go through this process. It feels good to facilitate people being able to vote because it's so important. If you wanna facilitate voting for, for people and make sure that our process works, uh, then reach out to your local voter registration board. Um, you can call them, they're always anxious for volunteers, and all the years I've worked, I know it's been a struggle for these boards to find enough people to, to work on election day. So um, please reach out if you're interested in doing that. I wouldn't worry at all about not having any experience in this process. They set up the training really well. Anybody can do this. It's just a matter of wanting to do it and having the time to do it. To sign up to be a poll worker volunteer, call 812-349-2698. There's also information about volunteering at the Monroe County website, which is co.monroe.in.us. Or again, you can call Monroe County Voter Registration at 812-349-2692. Again, I'm local poll worker Stacy Williams. Come on out and help us work the polls this year and make sure you're registered to vote. You've been listening to Activate, true stories from friends and neighbors who stand up for what they believe in. Activate is a partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community with production support from students in the media school at Indiana University. You can learn more about volunteer opportunities in the WFHB listening area online at bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. That's bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org.
Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar energy, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Hurhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our features were produced by Zero Rose, Cade Young, and Dave Askins. Activate is produced by Chad Carruthers and Michelle Moss. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Brandon Blewett. And I'm Deke Hager. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for With Good Reason, coming up next on WFHB. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 